Well, if you've been with us over the last few weeks as we've been here at the waterfront, we had been working through a, a preaching series we had called You Have Heard It Said, where we have been tackling this, some maybe misunderstandings, but maybe just co- uh, commonly held ideas about Christianity uh, that that people believe in, in our culture. Things like Christianity's anti-science, things like Christianity is a white man's religion, things like um, Christians are, are against everything. Christians are, are hypocrites. And I think it's been helpful to have these important conversations because they're things that people believe, whether they are grounded in reality or not. What we're going to do now throughout the month of August as we're here at the waterfront is, is we're going to take this shift from this is what people have said about Christianity And we're going to go right to the mouth of Jesus and say, what does Jesus actually say? What what is it that Jesus actually taught? And there's a a really unique way that Jesus did a lot of his teaching during his his time here on earth. He, He taught often in what are called parables. Now, if you've been around the church for any amount of time, you know that, you know, parables are these, these strange stories that Jesus taught. And often we see them as like, oh, that's like the kid's story, right? This is like the, what Jesus taught for the kids so they can understand. And he left the like real teaching for the adults. Or, or maybe we see them as like, these are Jesus's sermon illustrations, so to speak, to kind of illustrate his point. But I want to challenge that. I would say that Jesus's parables like they are his teaching, that the story itself is the teaching. And we can't like dismiss them as, oh, that's just kind of meant to flesh out a point or, or something. That these are actually the, the, the teaching themselves, the important part that we need to be grasping and wrestling with. And the challenge is, as we look at Jesus' parables, especially for those of us who have spent time growing up in church, we've heard the stories, we've, we've read the Gospels, the challenge for us is to be able to listen with fresh ears. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear, oh yeah, we're going to be talking about this parable, sometimes my eyes glaze over and I just kind of like zone out because, oh, I've heard it before. My prayer for us this morning and throughout the month of August as we wrestle through Jesus' teaching that he does through his parables is that the Spirit would speak to us as we listen to these again. As we hear afresh the teaching of Jesus through his parables, as we wrestle with it, as we meditate on it, how is the Spirit speaking to us today through the parables of Jesus? So with that said, we are going to be looking at the parable of the lost sheep today. And if you have one of the lyric handouts, right on the front of that, we have the passage of scripture that we're mostly going to be hanging out in today. Whether you, uh, you know, brought your Bible or you're too cool to use your phone uh, app as, as a Bible, you can use the, uh, the handout to follow along. Well, let's read through Luke 15, 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? 
And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over this one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Here in this version of the parable of the lost sheep, Jesus is recorded of teaching it twice in the Gospels. Once here in Luke and once in the Gospel of Matthew. And they each kind of have their unique context and slant that they're getting at with it. But as we read, Jesus is teaching this parable in response to the accusation from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who don't like the crowd that are hanging around Jesus. If this man is supposed to be this good religious rabbi, then why is this the kind of crowd that he's attracting? Why are these the kind of people he's seeking out and spending time with? Sinners and tax collectors. Now, if you work for CRA, this isn't like a slant against you, but for, for the readers of the Gospels and, and for the people in Jesus' time, a tax collector was one of the kind of ultimate sins of betrayal. See, the, the Jewish people living in Judea in, in first century Palestine, they were, they were conquered and ruled over by the Roman Empire. And if you were a Jewish tax collector, that means you were a turncoat. That means you were working for the oppressors. That means you were ripping off your neighbors and your fellow countrymen and your family in order to make a living. You were working for the enemy. And so, the fact that there were these betrayers of Israel, the fact there were these sinners hanging around Jesus, rose suspicion. But I think it's important for, for, for how Jesus talks about this. He, he speaks to the Pharisees and the teachers of law. He says, what would you do differently if you were a shepherd who lost sheep? If you had lost one, wouldn't you go after it? Wouldn't you take the risk of leaving the 99 with the hired hands in order for you to go and to find the one who's missing? Isn't it worth it? Wouldn't you rejoice in the fact that they've been found and brought home? Just like you would, Jesus says. Just if you were a shepherd, this would be your course of action. How much more is it the case in heaven when one sinner comes home? Jesus, in this parable, he's not just giving this kind of hypothetical, oh, this this is a good way of illustrating this point. But I think Jesus, in teaching this parable, he is tying into this imagery that is used throughout his teaching that he is the good shepherd. That Jesus is the one willing to seek out the lost. The one willing to go and to find the one who's run away. Or the one who can't find their way back home. That Jesus is willing to be with the one who was rebellious in order to welcome them back in. Jesus is the good shepherd and he is showing the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that his work is about seeking out the lost sheep. 
Jesus is about seeking the sinners who were caught in a lifestyle. About seeking out the tax collectors who were marginalized and ostracized by the rest of their countrymen. He was about finding the outsiders and welcoming them in through him. His question then to the the Pharisees when he says, the, the shepherd, he gathers his friends and neighbors together and they rejoice over the fact that a sheep has come home, that it's been rescued. Kind of the implicit question is, so are you one of my friends or not? Are you rejoicing with me? Are you causing a fuss over the fact that these outsiders, so to speak, are hanging around? If you're a friend of the Messiah's, then you rejoice with the lost sheep coming home. Now, these parables, and this one in particular, they're not just a straightforward answer. The way we are to read this and and reflect on this isn't just, okay, this is what Jesus said to the Pharisees that one time 2,000 years ago. Cool, we understand it. The parables are an invitation for you and I to reflect. For you and I to meditate on what Jesus is teaching and how that speaks to us today. What it means for Jesus to be the seeker of the lost sheep even in our lives. So I want to ask you the question this morning. Where do you find yourself in this parable? Where do you find yourself in this parable? Maybe you read through this parable with us this morning and you're like, I feel like I'm, I'm the lost sheep. I'm someone that the religious types look down on. I'm someone who's never really felt like I fit in. But you can't help but feeling that maybe there's something going on where Jesus is seeking after you. Where there's some random strange reason why you showed up today. Whether it's through, through an invite from someone. Or you, you saw it on Facebook and you're like, I'm going to check it out. Or you're just kind of hanging out in the margins and your interest is piqued. But you've got this sense that, that maybe I'm in a spot right now where, where Jesus is actually seeking me out. Where I'm being looked for. What if this is a moment where Jesus is coming to find you? To coming, is coming to be with you? Is coming to bring you home? In Matthew's version of this parable, it's called the parable of the wandering sheep. There's more of this connotation of there was something that the religious leaders had done that would cause people to run away. And maybe you're in a spot this morning where maybe you don't say, oh, I'm, I don't feel like I'm a lost sheep, but maybe I'm a more of a wandering sheep. Maybe I've started to, to wander in my faith, away from Jesus, away from the rest of the flock. Maybe it's out of a, a heart space of, I just want to go my own way, and I'm tired of, of people or this religious system or the, the, the faith that I've grown up in telling me what to do and how to live. Maybe you've grown up and you've, you've wanted this sense of liberation from that. You wanted to pursue the life that you saw people around you living that you were never allowed to. 
So you decided to wander. Maybe you've seen some grass that has looked greener in the other field. Maybe you've been pursuing a life that is maybe contrary to what you know is the way of Jesus. But you've wanted to try it. You've had some fun. You've maybe abandoned the faith, but now you're in a spot where despite all that, despite the fun that you've been having, despite the career or the life that you've been pursuing, you're grasping at straws to find purpose and meaning. And all of the the ways that you've made politics your religion or your job and career your savior or your purpose, this kind of evasive notion of pursuing happiness and pleasure is not quite living up to the promise of giving you meaning and purpose deep down. Maybe you've been wandering and it's come up empty. Listen, for many of us, the pandemic has been a time of wandering. This whole COVID-19 thing has been a time where we've had to kind of make a hard break from being close to people. And before you know it, you've, you've fallen kind of out of relationships and out of tight-knit community, and all of a sudden you're falling back into patterns of behavior that you used to be in. All of a sudden, the things that you thought were put to bed and put to death are resurfacing again in your life. All of a sudden, you've downloaded Tinder again on your phone, or you're more shaped by what people are saying loudly on Facebook than the community that you've been a part of. COVID has been a time of wandering, where some of the structures that have held us close together have been set aside, and now it seems like we don't know how to kind of walk forward. Where do we go from here? Part of it, maybe we feel disconnected and not known and lonely. We feel like no one notices me or or no one sees me or or, or understands what I'm going through or, or gets the kind of nuances of my life. No one wants to be near me. So I'm just wandering on my own. I want you to know this morning that Jesus cares enough for you that He is the Good Shepherd who is seeking after you. In the midst of our feeling lost or like we're wandering, Jesus is seeking you. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and this is resonating deeply with you. And I want to encourage you to lean into that whether that is to make a connection with someone after the service or to send a text to the number or come talk to me or whatever. If you feel like Jesus is seeking after you, lean into it. And listen, there is no shame in identifying this morning as the lost sheep. There is no shame in being sought out by Jesus because look at what he says in the parable. It's not... He begrudgingly goes after the sheep. He gives it a kick, puts a leash on it, and drags it back to the flock. That's not what it says. When the shepherd finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Joyfully. Jesus is joyfully seeking you and rejoices in bringing you home with Him.
Uh, when I come home from work, um, most days my boys are really excited. And it is like the coolest feeling in the world to, you know, come through the door and hear daddy, daddy, and them run up to me. And one of the first things they do is they say up, right? One's three, one's one and a half. They're getting to the point where it's hard to like do both of them at the same time, up. But there is something of like a closeness I get to have with my kids when I pick Judah or Cohen up and have them on my shoulder or in my arms. It is like the closest our faces get to be. Sorry. Everyone's okay? A bit windy today. I want you to know this morning that as Jesus is seeking and wanting to bring you home, it is out of a place of love and closeness to you and not out of a place of shaming you. Maybe you don't identify with the lost sheep this morning. Maybe you read this parable and you say, this one's not about me. I'll I'll wait for the next one next week. Maybe you feel like you identify with the 99 other sheep. This this parable doesn't apply to me. I'm I'm the church kid who grew up and I'm not wandering right now. And when the shepherd goes off to seek the lost, we get the sense of, what about my needs? I feel like I'm not being fed right now. I'm not the focus of the shepherd's attention. I don't matter as much as the the one who went bad and now the shepherd has to go get him. We see this in churches all the time. When, when churches make a commitment towards outreach, towards seeking more people to come to know Jesus, sometimes we can take this ugly turn of saying, it's, it's not about me anymore and my preferences and how I want things to go. If you're identifying with the 99 this morning, I want you to know that you're not second class, that you're not less important than the sheep that ran off and gets to have this beautiful around-the-shoulders experience with the shepherd. Because the 99 is what the shepherd is bringing the lost sheep back to. You're part of the family that Jesus wants those he's seeking after to come and be a part of. The question is, are we a 99 worth being brought back to? Or are we a 99 that would make the sheep want to go and wander? In Matthew's version of this parable, Jesus uses strong, strong words about those who would cause these little ones to stumble. That would cause the sheep to wonder. And sometimes there is a reason from the church why people have wandered. We've highlighted several of them over the last few weeks. But Jesus is the one willing to seek and bring them back. To be part of community. To be part of His family. Are we a 99 who is known for our culture of gossip? 
Are we a 99 who is unwilling to commit to life together because of the difficulty of that person? Are we a 99 who looks suspiciously on the quote-unquote outsiders? Or do we want to be a 99 who are a community that can fulfill the role Jesus intended of welcoming the lost and wandering back? A place that can be a place of healing, of encouragement, of growing together, of healthy challenge as we follow the way of Jesus together. To those of us here who feel like we're part of the 99, our role is to welcome the wanderer and to show them what flock life is like. To walk side by side with them as we follow the shepherd together. Here's my challenge to all of us this morning. Whether we feel like the lost sheep or we feel like we're part of the 99, all sheep need a shepherd. You might feel like you're not the lost sheep this morning. I don't need the shepherd to come after me. We can begin to feel like we've got things all together, but I want to remind all of us that sheep need a shepherd. As we read in in John chapter 10 to begin the service, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In, In Isaiah 53, which is this beautiful prophecy foretelling Jesus who would die for the sins of others, it says this, that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned our own ways. Whether we feel like we're the 99 right now, every one of us have had the moment or the time where we've been the lost or the wanderer. And we've had a shepherd come seek us out. Each of us has turned our own way, Isaiah says, and the Lord has laid on Him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. See, the shepherd laid down his life to be able to bring us sheep back. Regardless of how religious we are or not, regardless of whether we feel like the shepherd's seeking us right now, regardless of how much part of the flock we feel like we are, we all need the shepherd. We all need him to seek us out to show us what it looks like to live in His flock, we need Him to lay down His life for us. I'm going to close this morning with with another passage of Scripture. Very familiar to many of us. Talking about a sheep and their shepherd. This is from Psalm 23. Where David, the psalmist, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for my shepherd is with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We have a shepherd who provides for us. We have a shepherd who protects us. We have a shepherd who feeds us. And this morning, as we kind of highlight Jesus as our good shepherd, and our need as sheep for him, we're going to celebrate this this beautiful moment around the table. Just like the psalm says, he prepares the table before us. This moment where we come together over some bread, and some juice which represents Jesus' body which was broken and His blood that was poured out on the cross to be able to seek out and bring home those of us who are lost and are being made part of the family. It required the shepherd to lay down his life for his sheep. And that's what this is about. This table, this meal is a a recreation of Jesus' last supper with his disciples. The night where he was betrayed, where he gathered around the table with his disciples and he took some bread, he broke it in half and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body broken for you. He told them to eat it in remembrance of him. After they ate the bread, he took a cup of wine from the meal and he says, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink of it, all of you, in remembrance of me. In a couple of moments, I'm going to invite you to come forward if you would like. If you would like to eat the bread and drink the juice as a form of worship, as a form of saying, the shepherd has brought me home, He's laid down his life for this sheep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to come forward as the band plays this next song. We've got bread in the dishes at either end of the table. We have cups of juice as well that you can take. We have small trays here for gluten-free for those of you who require that. But if you can say this morning that the shepherd has brought me home, that I want to follow him as part of his flock, you're welcome to come forward. The table is open for you. You can take the bread. You can drink the cup. You can take them back to your seat if you want and eat and drink them there, or you can eat and drink them right here. But I'll have those of you kind of on this side come forward to this side of the table and make your way back. Those of you on that side come over on this side of the table, make your way back to your seat. But before we do that, let's pray together. Jesus, you are our good shepherd who's laid down his life for his sheep. You're the one who welcomes us home even in the midst of our wandering. Jesus, we've all been lost. We've all needed you to come and seek us out and you do it joyfully. For the joy set before you, you endured the cross for us. May we embrace that gift. May we 
joyfully come home with You and receive the gift that You've given us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I invite you to come to the table.